This podcast is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. Hey, buddies. How's it going? Ella's back. Hello. How's everybody doing? Uh, who cares? Better than the people on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Ella. Too soon, man. No, it's not. It's fine. The internet has been going nuts. Although by the time this comes out, we'll know what's happened. So Yeah, it was too soon when they all looked at that remote controller and were like, this is swell. Let's do it. Let's yeah. get on this boat. <laughs> yeah. Let's get on this DIY tin can submarine. Let's get se- not let's get sealed in this boat. Yeah. Like, as, <laughs> as soon as I heard the ham- Thor's hammering around me in this metal tube, I just I feel like everything would have I would have just shit myself. And the what window was worse, so small. Being down at the bottom, stuck in there, or being at the top and stuck in there. I feel like after you're bolted in, isn't it all the same? Like that just all feels the same. I think the bottom would be worse because it's dark and freezing down there. At least if you were at the top, you have the porthole, you have light. I don't know. I could pretend I'm seeing mermaids maybe on the bottom. I could pretend. I could be like, Ariel is coming. I don't know. I could fuck with myself a little bit more down there. Down that deep? You might actually see mermaids. How the hell do we know? Yeah, we don't know. We're not supposed to be there, so we don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> So. I would think at least at the top, I would think like we got to break this window and get out of here one way or another. So it's yeah. such a small window; like they have to take turns. It's not even. It's just a I poor know. experience all it was, the way around. Yeah, it was thing. bad all the way around. Yeah, just watch it on the screen. James Cameron does all the work for you, right? Put some visual reality goggles on. Maybe this was like a true crime thing. Maybe this C. Maybe this CEO was trying to kill all of them. Yeah, maybe. I feel like more it's probably like an insurance thing, but all right, Grant. Well, why don't we get into whatever housekeeping shit you have? Do you have reviews? Okay, or so we actually have two five star rating reviews this week. So I think this shouting it out's working, Erica. We're getting our rates and reviews up. We have something from KS Tooth Fairy, which I like to think is like Kith Tooth Fairy, kind of like Mike Tyson saying it. But I think it's anyway. Kansas Tooth Fairy. But yeah, okay. Oh, I like mine way better. All right. Um. It says entertaining, oh, says entertaining and informative. One of my favorite murder podcasts. Listen every week. Thank you, Kith Tooth Fairy. KS uh, Tooth Fairy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Kansas. <laughs> you say yours, I'll say mine. Well, we follow her um, on Instagram, and, so I know. Oh, oh, so yeah, you're probably right then. Yeah. Um, and then Bethany Five said, "I'm with Hannah. Hannah Gaunt from a couple weeks ago. You out? You all remember?" Uh. She said, my only complaint is when you talk about back in our parents' day, I'm old enough to be your parent with a laughing emoji face. So, uh, sorry, Bethany, we will still say it because that's just what we do, but we'll try to be better about it. (laughs) But we love you. We do. You know, and normally we don't shout out emails, but I do want to say thank you to JJ for sending us a really, really nice email. She takes care of horses in in Michigan, and she listens while she does that. So, uh, JJ, we're looking forward to your notes on the cases. So, All right. Well, let's get into this week's case. We've done enough chit-chattering. Let's do it. About nothing. Now we can chit-chatter about crime. Sold. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's why I'm here. All right. So this week we're going to go to Los Angeles, California. Well, we're familiar with that place. Yes, we are. So January 31st, 2013. Ooh. All right. That's recent. Yeah. Luke Bryan is the number one hit artist. We're not guessing this week. We've... Oh, we're not. Declined it. Why? Because it's fucking Florida Georgia Line. Oh, uh, okay. Fair enough. There so wasn't just, a, there wasn't a hit song this week, so we'll move yeah. on. We're just going to say, nope, bye. 
<laughs> we approve that message. Yeah, if this would have happened a week later, it could have been like the band Perry or something a little bit better, but... Ugh, still. I know, but Florida Georgia Line, I just can't do it. Good thing it wasn't Shania, huh? Yeah, sorry for everybody like super offended about the Shania rant last week. Since you went on that rant, I've actually seen a lot of people wearing Shania Twain shirts like out and about. So I think that's pretty funny. Ella, you haven't heard that yet, but our episode about Israel Keys, I went on like a 30-minute Shania Twain rant in the beginning, and I'm sure it's going to offend people when I finally get it uploaded. I thought you liked Shania. Oh, Ella. You trying to fight? <laughs> Didn't you see her in concert? Yeah, it was my first concert I ever went to when I was like seven, but my mom made me go. Oh. Did you have a strong opinion about Shania at that point too? No. I didn't think so. I didn't have a strong opinion about anything when I was like seven, so. I mean, maybe like Giga Pets or something, but. I was going to say, my strong opinion was Leonardo was the best Ninja Turtle. Still have that opinion, but. <laughs> Pretty set. Yeah, not changing my mind. So, Elisa Lam was a 21-year-old college student from British Columbia, Canada. She was the daughter of immigrants from Hong Kong who owned a Chinese restaurant in BC, Canada. Do you know, was it any good? Was it a buffet? I love Chinese buffets. Oh, I don't know. You know, I really didn't go super deep into that. Probably should have. Yeah, probably shouldn't have. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I don't know. She was also a college student at the University of British Columbia, but she was taking a little break from school to travel. She decided in early 2013 that she was going to take something that she called her West Coast Tour. She was going to start in San Diego and then go to L.A., then Santa Cruz, and then San Francisco. It's a nice drive. Yeah. She wasn't driving, but yeah. Oh. I know it is a nice drive, though. Santa Cruz is cool as fuck. Yeah, Santa Cruz is awesome. And the weather up there is great. It's like always yeah. 72 degrees and slightly breezy. Yeah, which is the same as San Diego. I've never been, but I like that their college is the banana slugs. The what? That it is. The banana slugs. The college up there, they're the banana slugs. That's their school mascot. That's funny. Well, anyway, so Elisa started her tour in San Diego, and she had a wonderful couple of days in San Diego. She talked to her family back in Canada multiple times a day, and she was super active on social media because she was traveling alone, which is not recommended by this podcast. <laughs> no, no, definitely not recommended by anybody to travel alone. Right. So she blogged regularly on Blogspot. Blogspot. Why can't I say that? Blogspot? And Tumblr. Do you guys remember Tumblr? I do remember yes. Tumblr. Yeah. Apparently she was like real active on Tumblr. That was blogging, right? Like. Yeah. Di like diary entry type thing. Yeah. And you could post like pictures and stuff. I don't really. I kind of remember it, but not really. I don't know. I'm terrible with social media. Even back when I was young and that was like a thing, I was still bad at it. I never tumbled. Yeah. I remember hearing about it. I never yeah. got really into Tumblr either. That was like when Facebook or no, MySpace was cool. And I was. I was way more into MySpace. Well, yeah, because we had to piss each other off with who was in each other's top eight. Oh, dude, remember when it expanded? Lots of peer pressure on MySpace. Oh, yep. so much so. Loved it. So, <laughs> I did. You're my number one. And just so you know, you moved into my top six. Yeah. So, on January 28th, she made it to L.A. Elisa did. She checked into the Cecil Hotel in downtown L.A. By February... That place is... Are we going to talk about how sketchy it is, or should we talk about how sketchy it is? <laughs> I was going to say, is yes. it that hotel in like a really dirty... Yes. We are going to talk about how sketchy it is. I was wondering if you guys were going to realize what it was. Oh, yeah. We both know what it is. Yeah, we'll get into it. But she checked into the Cecil on the 28th, and by February 1st, her parents report her missing from Canada because they hadn't heard from her since the 31st, so since the day before. So they decide to call the British Columbia police, and then they contact the LA police, and they report her missing. So 18 to 20 detectives 
show up to the Cecil Hotel to investigate because a Canadian tourist young girl is missing. And they're like, why was she staying at the Cecil? Yeah, I was going to say, it's a lot of detectives. Yeah, but the Cecil is huge. I mean, it's 700 rooms. It's huge. So they show up and they're like, okay, well, she's either lost or she ran away or something happened to her, like foul play. And foul play seemed the most likely because she was staying at the Cecil Hotel. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is. if you're from here, the Cecil Hotel is a sketchy Weird yeah, it's place to be. literally on Skid Row. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was so, going to say by the hour kind of place for sure. Yeah. Yeah. This hotel is notorious for bad shit. So they changed the name of like half of it to stay on Main instead of the Cecil Hotel. And they like painted the rooms bright orange and put bunk beds in them and set them up like a hostel style with like shared bathrooms so that it was cheap for younger travelers. And when they posted the pictures and stuff like on Expedia and that kind of shit, it looked decent, you know, and super cheap. So that's misleading. Sounds terrible. Yeah. Do we get into <laughs> so, how they divide it? Do you do you have notes on how they divided it into the Yes. They they literally split the lobby in half. We'll get into that later, but it's it's weird. Okay. But LA travel tip in case anybody's planning a trip, do not stay anywhere near downtown LA. <laughs> get a yeah. holiday inn in the suburbs and rent a car. Because everything you're gonna go to, you're gonna need a car anyway. LA's a driving town. It's not it's not like New York where if you're staying in Times Square, you can walk everywhere. Like, you need a car in L.A. anyway. There are obviously some really nice places. Like, there's a Ritz-Carlton in downtown L.A. But unless you can afford that, yeah, stay somewhere else. Yeah. So this this hotel and how bad it is is part of the reason that this story is so wildly popular on the Internet. Because this hotel was built in the 1920s, and it was super duper high-end when it was built, like, because there was not a skid row back then it kind of evolved over time when did i was gonna say when did skid row first we'll get into that make its debut okay yeah it's in my notes somewhere down here but when this hotel was built in the 1920s this was a nice nicer area and this was a super high-end hotel like the lobby is very grand and all marble and has this like big grand entrance and all these like statues it's 14 floors 15 if you're one of those people who doesn't count the 13th floor. Probably shouldn't. That was the tallest they were allowed to make them back then. Like, that was the height limit was 15 floors. So it's 700 rooms. It's a huge place. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot even for a really nice hotel nowadays. Yeah. Clearly, they couldn't keep up with it, so. Yeah. Well, it thrived at first. Wealthy and international travelers stayed there and wealthy businessmen stayed there and had meetings there. Like, it was very nice the first, like, I don't know, year. (laughs) I don't know. It got weird pretty quick. The first reported suicide was just, like, two years after they opened. Three years, maybe. Oh. And then it was just all downhill from there. The hotel struggled hard during the Great Depression, and all the suicides and odd things that happened there would cause it to have, like, a pretty bad reputation. So we're going to go through just, like, bullet points of some of the weird things that happened, if you guys are cool with that. Yeah. Yes, please. Weird it up. So in 1931, W.K. Norton commits suicide with pills. It just says he took poison pills. Then in 1932, Ben Dodick shot himself in the head, or was shot in the head, but they think it was probably suicide. In 1934, Sergeant Louis Borden slid his own throat, or somebody slid his throat, but they deemed it a suicide. 
In 1937, 25-year-old Grace Magro fell from the ninth floor, landing on power lines, but was taken to the hospital and later died. In 1939, Erwin Neblett also ate poison. In 1940, Dorothy Seeger also ate poison. Like, I feel like poison was it like a way bigger deal back then or what? I mean, yeah. Like, are they just willingly eating poison to kill themselves or like was it mixed in their food? No, no, no. They're committing suicide. By poison. What kind of poison? I don't know. Like, does it? I, they didn't keep real meticulous records in the 30s. They were just like, clean that up. <laughs> so in 1944, Dorothy Purcell was staying there with her much older boyfriend. She was like 19 and he was like 40 or something. That's much older. Yeah. And she woke up in the middle of the night thinking she had to go to the bathroom. And instead, she, like, accidentally had a baby in the bathroom. What? What? Yeah, this was, like, the first episode of, like, I didn't know I was pregnant. For the record, wow. I've had two, and go having to pee and giving birth feel nothing alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't imagine. So she didn't want to wake her boyfriend up, so she finished having the baby in the oh, bathroom. It's clearly a healthy relationship if you don't want to wake your boyfriend up while you're actively giving birth randomly. Yeah, well, she didn't know she was pregnant. That's even more reason to wake him up. Right? Like, wow, this is a real big surprise. Anyway. Yeah. She- that was also, but that was during the time when they used to put women under and, like, take the baby out, and the men got nowhere near it. So right. I, could, I could see how she's like, uh-uh. Yeah, I don't. Like, think not only does he be... not know this is coming, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be surprising helpful. him. Yeah. Let's be real, too. That big of an age difference, too. There might have been some uh, less than ideal situations happening. Yeah, yeah there was hanky panky going on for sure. So once she was done giving birth to the baby, instead of waking him up or getting medical attention for her baby, she just threw the baby out the window. What? Oh no. Yeah, and he didn't survive. Wow. Yeah, she tried to. St- tell the authorities that he was stillborn but from the autopsy they could tell that he was alive when he when he was thrown out the window i always thought that hotel windows didn't open because like they didn't want people jumping out of them but maybe it's because they didn't want people throwing babies out of them i think both yeah probably both but these certainly opened because lots of people have jumped out of them yeah so anyway so in 1940 that by the way that Dorothy lady, she ended up being committed to a institution and she was found not guilty of murder because of insanity, which I think we could all agree that's pretty insane yeah. to throw your baby out the window. So, yeah, sounds pretty accurate. Fitting. Yeah. Yeah. So, in 1947, Robert Smith fell from the seventh floor, whether he was pushed or jumped. They don't know. They Isn't that the lead singer of The Cure? I don't know how to answer that. I don't know. I think it's true. It was more of a joke for Ella. I thought she would have gotten it, but... I don't know. We should ask Shannon. Shannon loves The Cure. Is that calf tattoo? No. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's not calf tattoo. <laughs> I love that you call her calf tattoo, by the way. I do that with everybody that I don't warrant I remembering names. They just I get know. labeled however I was introduced to them. <laughs> no, Shannon is not calf tattooed. Anyway, in 1954, Helen Gurney also jumped from the seventh floor or was pushed or fell. We don't, you know. So far, seven is the winner. Yeah, well, in 1962, Julia Moore jumped from the eighth floor. (sighs) She landed on the second floor skylight, though. Did she survive? No. None of these people survived. Oh. In 1962, Pauline Otten jumped from her ninth floor window and landed directly on top of 65-year-old man named George Gianni and killed them both instantly. Oh. Yeah, he was just walking by. How do you think that went? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think she landed right on top of him. 
I don't know, but it did say that it killed them both instantly. And at first they thought that they had jumped together out the window. But they found out pretty quickly that because they don't know each other, obviously. And he was found with his hands in his pockets. And they said that it was way more likely that he was just walking by the hotel and she fell on him. Because if you jumped out of the window, you would not like physically be able to keep your hands in your pockets. You never look up and like when you're on a walk, just taking a stroll. And this is what a way to go, man. That's crazy. Yep. It's terrible. So in 19... (laughs) Oh, you think that's terrible. This whole, the whole thing gets better. So in 1964, Pigeon Goldie Osgood was found robbed, raped, stabbed, and strangled in her room at the Cecil Hotel. They called her Pigeon because she fed the pigeons in Pershing Square. That was like her thing. Oh, like for Mary Poppins. The Tuppins. Yeah, she always wore a Dodgers hat and she fed the pigeons in Pershing the lady Square. Lady in Home Alone too. Yeah. So a guy was accused of her murder and tried for it, but acquitted, and that's still unsolved. So there's also like a Jane Doe and two John Doe's that were either pushed or fell out of different windows, one from the 30s, one from the 90s, and one in 2015. And those three people are all unidentified still. Is this hotel still operating present day? No. So you can see right from the get-go, this place is just a magnet for fucking weirdos like even all the way back to the 30s like weird stuff was just happening in this hotel and because of its location over the years it just gets worse and worse it started as you know this high-end hotel and immediately pretty much turned into a budget hotel because of the great depression like they couldn't charge hundreds of dollars to stay there because of the depression and then the history of all the bad stuff it ended up getting the nickname the suicide instead of the cecil it's a pretty good name. Yeah. It was pretty good. Which I feel like then attracted more of it. Yeah. You know. By the 70s, LA's wonderful politicians created the containment zone, which was their bright idea for corralling all the homeless and mentally ill, people who got let out of prison, like any criminals, all in one area to keep the crime and all of that out of the other areas of LA. And that's pretty much what created Skid Row. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I mean, it's way more complicated than that, but that's pretty much like the gist of it. And then still to this day, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse because that's what they do when people get out of jails or hospitals or anything. They don't know where to go. They just drop them off in downtown L.A. There are a lot of people in downtown L.A. and Skid Row. I don't know the last time either of you have been down to Skid Row, but it is. It's worse than ever. It's packed with people. It's crazy. You you really don't believe it unless you're able to see it. Well, and unfortunately for the Cecil Hotel, it is in this containment zone. So it's in Skid Row. So people wouldn't stay there or spend any kind of decent money on a room. So it became a place where addicts, sex offenders, drug dealers, sex workers, anybody who couldn't like pass a background check or prove their income for like another apartment somewhere could stay there for like 15 bucks a day is like all they could charge because it was where it is. That sounds terrible. Yeah. So uh, then, of course, with those kind of guests, it just got worse and worse. And into the 80s and 90s, there was assaults, overdoses, just countless. Oh, my God. Yeah. Breeding ground. Yeah. Like too much to even list like we did with the suicides. You know, it was like way too much. Just violence running rampant 
In a documentary about this case on Netflix, the manager said it was constant calling 911 because people would be like running around naked with knives or, you know, getting beat up or just something insane all the time. She said it wasn't unusual to have to call the police a few times a day. Oh, I was going to say they probably just stayed there. I mean, yeah, she's running like a trap house. Like, yeah, somewhere with 700 rooms. Yeah, that's still so many rooms. Like to think about what like the what it would take to keep that up. There's no way they were able to. Yeah. Like, to give you an idea, there was this guy on that documentary that he lived there in the 80s for a bit, and he said he wouldn't go past the fifth or sixth floor because the farther you went up, the less, like, safe it was. Like, all the way at the top, it was just mayhem. He literally used the word lawless to describe it, Grant. Hey, I like that guy. Um, Why? Was it just like that? that The further away from like the management they got, the further away (laughs) from reality they got? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And even the cops said like they would go there. Like the cop was explaining like just the randomness of the calls that they would get there. They would show up and he said this one guy was holding a live pigeon and just bit its head off right in front of him. And like, like just random stuff. Like it was just anarchy. Yeah, why? Like, they, did he call the because police down the there just to do that? Because of the people that are living there. <laughs> I understand that. But did he call the police just to do that in front of them, or they got called there and he just No, they got to called there because he was, like, biting the heads off of live pigeons. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't just one. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is, it's just. That's a... what changed your reaction. <laughs> Dude, Ozzy, uh, Ozzy Osbourne walked so this guy could run. Yeah. It's just a whole hotel of mentally ill, drug-addicted, violent... I mean, Richard Ramirez lived here during his killing spree in L.A. and Orange County. He didn't kill any of the residents, though, did he? That we know No, but he he would leave and go kill someone and come back to the Cecil Hotel completely covered in blood, strip outside, throw his clothes away in the dumpster, and walk inside naked, covered in blood through the hotel room to his like through the lobby to his hotel room up the elevators whatever just like no big deal and everybody was like oh yeah that ricky he's always covered in blood no problem no big deal how was this place not decommissioned like so much (laughs) sooner i don't know it's it's really bad though there was another serial killer in the 90s from austria i'm not even going to try to pronounce his name and it won't matter because you two have probably have never heard of him but he was convicted of murder as a teen in Austri- in austria and then he like convinced everybody that he was rehabilitated and became like a good writer and so like the arts community like rallied for him to get out and he got out of prison and then became a serial killer in austria when the heat was on him when they were like oh we probably shouldn't have let that guy out he's a serial killer he dipped and came to la and he was doing ride-alongs with the police and writing about crime like he was a crime writer and living at the Cecil hotel when they discovered he was killing sex workers the whole time he'd been in LA. Damn. Yeah. So this place is garbage, but it was sold for like $26 million in the mid two thousands, like 2007, I think. And they wanted to revamp it and clean it up. Like you were saying, like, why don't they just do this? But the city had told them by that time it was deemed a residential hotel And so they couldn't kick the long-term tenants out that had lived there for a long time. So this is why they split the lobby in half and redid half of the rooms into like these group hostels where they painted them bright orange and they advertised it as stay on Main, which I would like to say don't stay on Main. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely don't. I drove by that actually not too long ago to check it out. It, it's eerie. Being around there, it is. Yeah, so the, the the issue with when they split these two hotels, though, they were advertising to stay on Maine like it was a clean, safe environment for young, alone travelers. But the problem was it still shared an elevator with the Cecil. Ella! Don't Rihanna me right now. Yeah. It still shared an elevator with the Cecil, so... It's sketchy as fuck, even though it doesn't look like it So, like, no separation. Yeah, like, not even a separate entrance or, like, separate accessibility. It was, like, completely... Like, you got off on level six, and if you went left, you were stay on main, and if you went right, you were in the Cecil. (laughs) Yes. So, it's likely Elisa didn't know this when she booked this hotel, because she'd never been there. Ella, have you ever... Has it ever crossed your mind that if you and Darth Vader got married, your wedding hashtag could be elevator? I've never seen a Star Wars movie. I mean, I know who Darth Vader is, but that has even less. That was the worst dad joke I've ever heard. It was a genuine question, although I do think it is pretty funny. All right. So it's likely that Elisa didn't know this when she booked this hotel, that it like shared elevators and common areas with this real sketchy part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the other thing is like a lot of the people that live there are like sex offenders and people who just got out of prison that can't pass background check to live anywhere else. Like it's real sketchy. So the police investigate her disappearance as possible foul play because of the Cecil and it was in Skid Row. Right away, there was like 18 detectives. Remember, I told you there was a lot mm-hmm. on her case. But by February 3rd, 16, like 16 of them had been pulled off the case because of another huge case that was unfolding at the same time. Same location? Yes, in L.A. Okay, not at the, not like not like 18 cops walked into the Cecil and 16 of them found other cases at the Cecil is more what I meant. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. There was a big... Do you remember what it was, Grant? There was a big thing that happened in February of 2013. And so 16 of these detectives got pulled off to cover that case. I mean, once I hear it, I'm sure I will, but I don't... I can't think of it on top of my head. Christopher Dorner. Oh, right, right. Dude, that's an episode we should do. That's a crazy one, too. Yeah. He went on a killing spree that targeted LAPD cops and their families. And by the time it was over, five people were killed and six were injured. And his rampage lasted like 10 days before he killed himself up in Big Bear. I don't remember that at all. Oh my God, it was Uh, huge. That was wild, yeah. Mm -hmm. We were watching the news like constantly, like, is he going to be here? Like, everybody was looking for him. Remember he drove that Nissan Titan truck that everybody was looking for? And then they found yeah, it up was in like, Big Bear on fire. Yeah, he was in L.A. He was in Orange County. He was everywhere. Yeah, he killed that couple in Irvine. Yep. He was in he Riverside. Had whole manifesto and stuff. Yeah, it was crazy. You don't remember that, Ella? Mm-mm. Oh, man, it was a big deal. We should do an episode on Chris Dorner. Yeah, we should. Dude, that was intense. That was like a real life, like, Mission Impossible, yeah, kind of James was... Bond, kind of all, all rolled into one. It was not. It was so nuts. Yeah. So the two detectives that were left on Elisa's case after that started get to work. They get background on Elisa. They read all her social media, which she was real active on social media. Her family comes down from Canada, and what they learn is that she was nice and friendly, but very introspective. Like, she was one of those people that, like, had deep deep thoughts. (laughs) Why do you say that? Like, they're obscure (laughs) human beings. Well, no. Some of us like to think introspectively. Okay. Well, she was even deeper than you think, Grant, for sure. Maybe not as deep as Ella. On the scale of deepness, (laughs) she was like between Grant and Ella. 
So she liked oh fashion. Oh my god, so many dirty jokes. So many dirty jokes. Uh, I, I, I'm glad you said it because I was thinking I'm like, I'll keep it clean. But yeah, yeah, yeah. there was there were a few. Well, was, she lighting them away like crazy. <laughs> okay. Well, she liked fashion and traveling, but she was also bipolar one and had severe depression. So she was on prescription meds and they were found with her, along with all of her other belongings in her room. You mean all of her belongings were found on her? No, her prescription meds and all of her belongings were found in her room, which she never checked out of. So her family was pretty tight-lipped at first about her mental mental health struggles, but eventually they conceded that she didn't have any history of suicide attempts, but she was known to go off her meds now and then, and when she did, she would suffer from severe depression and mania. Well... Yeah, she also had some history of delusions and psychotic episodes. Oh, man. I feel like this is answering yeah. a lot of questions. Figured it out. Well, not so fast. There's more to it than that. She was apparently on her meds before this trip. Otherwise, her family would not have let her go if she was, like, obviously delusional before she left. But the police have no leads, no tips, nothing. They just, like, showed up on this case and she's gone. She was just there one day and gone the next. So they hold a press conference with her family to try to generate some leads, like see if anybody will call, like, oh, I saw her over here, you know. It doesn't work. They get nothing. I'm not surprised considering everyone that she was staying around is on drugs. Yeah. But that's not what she set out for, though. Like, she set out just to go on no. a trip down the West Coast, and she but ended I mean, up... as far as witnesses go, like, if she was staying at a more upstanding hotel, you know somebody would have been right. like, oh, I've seen her come oh, and right. go, and... Yeah. But that's what that's what they were hoping, though, with that press conference, is that, like, she left the hotel, and maybe she went to Griffith Park, or Venice Beach, or anywhere else that's not as bad, and somebody's seen her. Maybe she's just lost. But they get no tips. From this press conference. So they check the hotel CCTV and they say they never see her leave on the hotel CCTV. That's weird. 100% weird. So they search the hotel with dogs and obviously tons of cops. And they say they search every nook and cranny, every room, and there's no sign of her anywhere. They did find out from the hotel staff, though, when they interviewed them, that she was possibly not taking her meds. They said she was kind of a disruption. They said that she was oh, a little really? a little wacky. The roommates that she was sharing the hostel room with complained about her so much that the hotel moved her into a private room because she would like lock them out of their room and make them give them give her a password to get in. And then oh. when they would get in, they would find notes on their beds that say like go away, leave me alone, stay away from me. Oh, she was having full psychosis. That yes. sucks. So, they moved her to a single room because her bunkmates were concerned. And she also had gone to a taping of Conan O'Brien in Burbank and she was escorted off the premises by security because they deemed her as some kind of a threat of some kind oh i'd never heard that that's that's a big deal like yeah so they decide about two weeks after she went missing to show the video surveillance from the hotel elevator that was the last time she was seen at the hotel remember they said they didn't see her leave the hotel yeah but the last time she's seen on surveillance was in the elevator and so they released this footage and the internet lost its fucking mind how long was this footage before she was reported missing from the day before and the footage is blurry and well that's the other thing i don't know 
it could either be from the 31st or the 1st. I've never really been able to determine which day it's from. It's either from the night of the 31st or the morning of the 1st. So okay. either either the night before she went missing or the morning she went she was reported missing. But it's hard to tell because the timestamps are all fucked up on this video and blurry and obviously messed with. The footage is blurry and creepy itself and it jumps around and it looks like it's been poorly edited and it looks like it's been sped up like 30%. Oh. Yeah, it it does look real weird. It, it does. It totally mm-hmm. does. And there definitely might be something more to it, but what she's got going on already is pretty suspect yeah but the hotel has always said that they didn't edit it that they would have no way to edit it and the police say they didn't edit it but somebody edited this footage because it's not just how it comes was the footage handed over voluntarily or did they have to get a warrant for it Mm -mm. no it was handed over but didn't it take a while for them to actually hand it over no i think it took a while for the police to ask if they even had any oh i was gonna say i'm surprised they even had it considering the like reputation of the hotel no kidding, right? I'm surprised they even had cameras in the elevator, but pretty sure they got the footage right away, but it took them days to go through the hours and hours of footage. You know, they had, they just had 24 hours a day of surveillance video that they had to go through to find every time she was on it. Yeah. So in the video, she enters the elevator. You guys can pull this up if you want to watch it, like on YouTube, but obviously for our listeners, I got to explain, explain it. So she enters the elevator. When this video was released. We didn't know what floor she was on, but now they figured out that she was on the 14th floor, which is really the 13th oh. floor, by the way. Well, and you said it gets sketchier as it gets higher, so I wonder if that applies to her side too. Right? So she presses all the buttons on the center row of buttons in the elevator. Oh, like a child. And then she stands in the corner like she's just like waiting for the doors to shut. Oh my God, like a small child. Yeah, but then the doors don't shut. The doors never shut. So she kind of like creeps out of the elevator, pops her head around the corner like super duper quick, like she's going to catch somebody standing there or something. Like maybe she thinks somebody's messing with the button on the outside. It kind of looks like she's thinking somebody might be there. But there's nobody there, so she or we don't see anybody there. And then she just stands there in the door for a little while. And the door never shuts. So she gets back in and she hides like in the corner by the buttons for a second. And then she creeps back out slowly. And then she does this little like weird square dance maneuver where she like literally like steps in a square pattern. Then back on the elevator, then back off. And then to the left out of view of the camera. But you could still see her arm. So you know she's standing right there by the door. But then she gets back in and she looks kind of like disoriented. She's got her hands up on the wall and she presses all the middle row buttons again. And then she goes back to standing to the left of the door, but she turns around and puts her head like back in the elevator. And it looks like she's talking to somebody in the elevator. She's still standing outside, but she's looking in and she's doing these like interesting hand movements. It almost looks like sign language if you don't know sign language. Like, I don't. It looked like sign language. Or she's, like, counting on her fingers or something. And then she just walks away to the left of the elevator doors out of view. And as soon as she does that, the fucking doors shut. So this causes the internet to lose their fucking minds. Dude, do you know what I'm feeling right now? And I know you're not going to want me to take it down this road. but Go ahead. ahead. If she's having that kind of psychotic break and that many people have killed themselves, what do you think the fucking spirits are like in that fucking place? Yeah. I thought she was going to say she was a spy. 
I know, me too. No. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. This again. Yeah. None of this is spy behavior. This no, it's is not. Like, this is like sad psychosis. Yeah. I'm seeing stuff behavior. Yes. That is by far one of the most normal of the 90 million explanations that the internet comes up with for her behavior. They spend zillions of hours analyzing this tape frame by frame. This is how they figured out like the timestamps are all messed up and just things aren't right yeah. in that video. But they come up with a lot of wild ideas. If all we had was the video and not all of the other things supporting like mm -hmm. her mental state, I would totally be on board with like, I can already imagine. Imagine she's being followed. She's being chased. She's hiding in the elevator. Like, I can oh, yeah, those, imagine. Those definitely are some of the things. But some people think that the edits in the video are other people in the video that the hotel edited out because they didn't want people to know. Like, either they didn't have anything to do with this. You know, they were just walking by. I thought that, too, just because they have a lot of unfavorable like unfavor, unsavory, as the word yeah. I'm looking for. There we are. Unsavory people staying there that they know didn't do anything wrong, but they don't want to cause them trouble. I could see that too. Or hotel staff. Like they know that the the housekeeper didn't kill her, but the housekeeper walked by yeah. in that video. So I don't know. Some people think that that's why the edits. There's a whole nother theory that she was playing the elevator game. I don't know what's what that, that means. Yeah. Apparently it's some game where if you press a certain sequence of buttons and you get on and off the elevator at certain floors in certain times of the day or something i don't know there's a whole bunch of rules to it you'll enter another dimension like some sort of paranormal dimension that sounds like somebody who stopped taking their meds would say yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that sounds like spy stuff so now you're coming in hot with it yeah <laughs> yeah then there's a whole nother people who think that she was talking to a ghost or some other paranormal entity because everybody thinks this Ella. place is haunted as fuck. I'm going to be honest with it's you. I normally it's think... It's Yeah. I mean, I normally think that's the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard in my life, but to be honest, <laughs> like, if there's any place that is going to be haunted, it's going to be this fucking place. For sure. Oh, clearly. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, from the moment it was built... Yeah. It makes me think that it was built on grounds that weren't ever supposed yes. to have anything built on it. There was something going on in that spot before it was built. There's bad yeah. energy here for sure. Obviously, the more logical thing was that she could have been in a manic state and experiencing some sort of psychosis or episode. I mean, it certainly is the most logical thing to think of, right? Yeah. So far, yes. So, like I said, people just spend time going down all these rabbit holes. It goes, like, totally viral. It's all over the internet. It's all over YouTube. So, it's bonkers for a while. But Elisa is still nowhere to be found. Like, she's still missing. Then on February 19th, almost three weeks since she went missing, guests at the hotel had been complaining about the water pressure being really low and the water being dark and stinky. Oh, great. Whoa. Uh -oh. So maintenance goes up to the roof and they have these big, four big water tanks on the roof, like up on this big platform. He goes to check the water tanks because obviously if there's something wrong with the water, there's probably something wrong with the tanks. And inside one of the tanks, he finds... Elisa Lamb, naked and floating, deceased. Oh. That's not what you wanted to hear. Those poor people showering in that. Oh, my God. Yeah, showering, brushing their teeth, drinking the water. Yeah. Well, we lost Ella. I'm sure the kitchen was cooking with that water. Yeah. Ooh. So she was in a moderate state of decomp, which sounds like, oh, not that bad. That means it's pretty bad. That's corner term for this is pretty bad. It sounds pretty bad. See, moderate, I, I was like, oh, 
that's not that bad. And then he was like explaining this. And I was like, oh, that means she's been in there three weeks. Yeah. I was going to say moderately decomposing. Like that's like saying mildly on fire. Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's bad. So this is where Theoryland starts. Although the fucking web sleuth started way back in the elevator. So I don't know. Who knows? This this episode's all over the place because everybody just goes crazy. But technically, this is where Theoryland starts, Grant. Everybody loves Theoryland. Even JJ. That's what she said in her email. Or one of the things. She loves Theoryland. So here we are. Theoryland! So people immediately suspect foul play and a cover-up because the hotel was supposedly extensively searched by LAPD. Remember? With their dogs Mm -hmm. and all their people. Including the roof. They cleared the roof. But did they look in the water tank? Would her being in the water would have thrown them off the scent? I don't know. But if they extensively searched the roof, they probably should have, like, took a peeky in the water tanks, no? Or at least around him. Erica, your dog trainer is a cop. Can you ask him, like, what the protocol is with that? Because, I mean, you're in Vegas where there's a ton of hotels with a ton of water towers. Yeah, I could ask. Yeah. Yeah, let's find out. But besides the point, people don't understand why she wasn't found. And LAP is like, well, we didn't look at the water tanks. A lot of people are like, why the fuck would you not? And it's like, also, why would you? Yeah. Totally, why would you? I mean, now forever after this, I will think (laughs) water tanks. Yeah, now you have to. Yeah, but before that, I would just walked on by. Yeah, so theory one is murder. Foul play. The internet speculated on different suspects who could have put her in the water, you know, murdered her and put her in the water tank. They even honed in on, like, specific hotel employees and some weird metal musician named Morbid. That's, like, kind of a weird guy. They were, like, convinced for a while that he killed Elisa Lamb, but he lives in Mexico and was in Mexico when this happened, so LAPD's pretty sure it wasn't him. How'd he even get linked to it then? Because he posted one video of him at the Cecil Hotel, but it was like a year and something before Elisa Lam went missing, but people are like, oh, look at this weird guy who sings death metal. He must have done it because he stayed at the Cecil Hotel before. <laughs> like that, I don't know. That's like the only connection uh. I could see. He also had some song called China or something, and it had like a girl running, and then she dies at the end of the video, and they're like, oh, Elisa Lam was Chinese. Oh, goodness. It's like, wow, that that was a big stretch. <laughs> right? but, but I will say the guy's super weird, and from his videos, I'd be like, yeah, he probably murdered somebody, but he didn't. He looks like the type? Well, he may have, but not this girl. And this kind of like super ruined his life, so that kind of sucks. But also, don't post videos about murder and death and and then get mad when people think you're a murderer. Anyway. So her clothes were also found with her in the tank, even though she was found naked. And that fueled more speculation that she might have been sexually assaulted because there was some kind of sandy substance found on her clothing. And they said the same sandy substance was found on the roof. So I'm sure it's like asphalt from the roof. Yeah. Tar and gravel or something. Yeah. Like from the shingles or whatever. Yeah. You know what that roof material is real gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called other than roof material, but yeah. Yeah, but it was found on her clothing. So there's a lot of speculation that she was assaulted on the roof and then put in the water tower. Where'd they find her clothing again? In the water tank with her. Oh, okay. Yeah. And by the way, just so you know, if you're wondering how they got her out of the water tank, they drained the whole thing. And then they cut a big hole in the side. Oof. Why couldn't they just pull her out of the top? Ella, they got to drain the whole thing anyway. Yeah, to make sure nothing I- else is in there. And they got to throw that water tank away. They can't reuse that again ever. I know. I guess I just feel like that's a lot of extra work. For them, it was easier because the hole in the top where she went in 
was so small. It was just like, I mean, it was just enough for her to like get in. I mean, that hole's not big. It's not meant for people to go in there. Okay. So this isn't because in my head, when I think of water tank on top of a hotel, I'm thinking something that's quite large and cylindrical. Is that, it not, is. that's not the, no, it is. But the hatch on the top is not oh, okay. meant to like go swimming in. It's meant for access in there if they ever have to like repair it or do anything, but it's not meant to be easy to get in and out of it. Okay. More like sewer, not yes. like lid. Like, oh, yes. the lid is pushed. Okay. Got it. Yes. Got it. Correct. More like a manhole. So theory number two is suicide or mental health. She was pissed they didn't have a pool. Yes. Got yeah. <laughs> Make your own. Yeah. So a lot of people think that, you know, the drugs being found in her room and maybe she was off of them because of her behavior. Maybe she went in there on her own, whether it was a delusion or or an actual suicide attempt. I mean, I'm definitely leaning towards this one. I think this makes the most sense by far. Yeah. You know, she had a history of it and not only a history of in her past, very recently at the Conan O'Brien show too. So, you know, clearly there was something going on lately. I don't know if she ran out of meds. I don't know if she just stopped taking them. But I think this really does point directly to some kind of psychosis episode. The biggest argument against that is that people say the hatch on the hole, you know, the manhole on the top, was closed and it was not on a hinge. It wasn't like a hinged door. It was a 20-pound piece of metal, like, lid that just kind of sat on the top, like a manhole cover. And they said that it would have been really, really difficult for her to take that off, jump in herself, and then how does she get it back on? True. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess 20 pounds doesn't sound that heavy. Like, she could the move The only that. other thing I'm thinking is ghosts. I mean, the ghost yeah. kicked her into going swimming in the pool, and the ghost closed that manhole cover. Or it was a spy. They don't hire people with mental health issues, unfortunately. Otherwise, I would have gone spy. Oh, God. <laughs> but, Grant, you were saying that the lid, 20 pounds, doesn't sound that heavy, and it's not even the weight of it, although that is fairly heavy when you think about like yeah, that's heavy. holding it above your head. It's more of the shape of this water tank. She would have had nothing. Once she got in that hole, she would have just plopped down into the water and the water was not high enough for her to like reach. Is there a ladder? No. On the inside? No. So that's why everybody's saying like her putting that lid on herself as she's literally falling into that Treading water, water. tank. Yeah, but, but she wouldn't have even been treading water because the water was so low. She wouldn't have been able to reach that. Like she would have had to do it as oh. she was climbing in. It's just not very possible. Yeah, it'd be like jumping in the well and then trying to grab the bucket. Like she had to. Yeah. Okay. So theory number three is drugs and skid row pretty much. Maybe she was trying hallucinogenic drugs. Maybe she somebody gave her something that was laced with something because there's a lot of drugs around there. It's definitely kind of that, that scene. There's so many drugs. Anything's out there. Yeah, so that's another big theory is that either she was trying them for herself the first time and something bad happened or she was trying them with somebody and something bad happened and they put her in the water tank because they didn't know what to do. So theory number four is the dark water theory. Either a copycat or paranormal. Dark Water was a movie. Apparently it was a Japanese horror movie. But then they remade it into a 2005 American movie with Jennifer Connelly. And apparently it's about like a mother and daughter who live in like a rundown 
apartment complex that looks a lot like the Cecil Hotel. So real quick, can I say something about this tank? I looked up some pictures on it, and though it's definitely not on a on a hinge, it definitely looks like you could pick this up, kind of leave it mostly in place, and you know, I'm sure she was a thinner person. I can tell from the picture she was. Mm-hmm. Just kind of slide right in, and then and then like it just closes on itself as she gets in. Like it, it didn't need to open very very much. I I really think that she jumped in herself. Okay, well you haven't even heard all the theories, but the people. People who think that she did do it to herself, that's obviously their explanation for the lit, for the hatch. Well, it would have to be, otherwise their theory is debunked. Yeah, it's possible, but it's not, it doesn't seem super likely to everybody thinks at this point that it's foul play. I understand what they're thinking. I just, when stuff like this happens, I really think freak accidents or freak events occur. And I think that's exactly what happened here. Yeah. So theory number four is the dark water theory. So dark water was a 2002 Japanese horror movie that they made into an American horror movie in 2005 with Jennifer Connelly. And I don't know, I didn't see it because I don't watch movies, but apparently it's about like a mom and daughter who live in like a rundown apartment building like the Cecil Hotel. And then the daughter ends up murdered in the water tank on the roof. And the daughter's name is Cece. So they correlated that with the Cecil Hotel thing. And then the water being dark coming out of the faucet is how people find the dead, but like same exact thing that happened to Elisa Lamb. So this movie came out in 2005, so like eight years before her murder. So they think that either a cop, like whoever murdered her, like copied that movie, or maybe she had seen that movie and in her psychosis somehow she was associating that building with that movie and the little girl and somehow she ended up in the water tank. Yeah, that could make sense too. It may have played into her psychosis because the building is so similar and we're not going to go over every theory in this case because we'd be here all fucking night and we're pretty over it i can tell you two are over it already but we are going to go over the last theory which is the tuberculosis outbreak oh what's that did she have tb and anybody who touched her water get tb okay so right after elisa lamb disappeared there was a pretty big tuberculosis outbreak on skid row kind of a major deal i don't remember it we don't live down there so we didn't deal with it but like apparently it was like kind of a big deal so the test for tuberculosis it's called the lamb elisa test whoa that's weird no it's Uh uh-huh spelled yes it is it's spelled exactly the same her last name and her first name spelled exactly the same it is fucking weird so i don't think it's related at all but this is the theory is that she was some kind of government agent sent with tuberculosis to take out the homeless population with tb are you fucking kidding me yeah, you and hit then me so hard with my spy theory when there was cyanide poisoning, <laughs> and then you're gonna you're gonna come at me with some fucking she was a, a weapon of mass destruction. COVID before COVID is what she was, and then she just went in there and like TB to whole come what she was COVID before COVID. I like that. Yeah. But I will say part of the interest of this case is it's not any of these one weird things. It's all of them combined. It's all the weird coincidences and weird shit that happened all combined. It's not like any one thing. But this Lamb Elisa thing is weird. It's weird that her name is Elisa Lamb and the test is called the Lamb Elisa. Yeah, that's real weird. Yeah, that's super weird. Yeah. So obviously proponents of this theory are proponents the people who hate it or agree with it. They're for it. Oh, what are the people who are against it? Opponents. Up opponents? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm tired, guys. Come on. So opponents of this theory say that her autopsy says that she didn't have TB. So that kind of like debunks that theory. But proponents of this theory say, of course, her autopsy wouldn't say that. They're not going to put it on her autopsy. 
Oh, come on. Even Grant <laughs> and I don't hit you that hard with stuff like that. We would. We just haven't yet. I mean, it's weird. It is weird, but I don't I don't think it's related, but it is weird. It yeah, it is weird. You know what's really funny is I thought you two were going to go off on this case like you did on the spy case and then I was going to have to be like, "Hey guys, by the way, it was probably not that." And you guys have been so realistic about this one. Now I feel like the crazy person. No, I just know too much about mental health. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Like we <laughs> care about that kind of stuff in psychology and stuff. So like I think we're both like, mm, this is pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, there was just a lot. If it was just the hotel video and like the one instance, like Grant said, but it was the Conan thing and the fact that they had to move her to her own room because she was freaking out. People who are paying $10 a night to stay in a crack hotel. Like if you're freaking them out, you yeah. gotta be acting pretty. <laughs> Pretty weird. Do you know what I like? No, I get it. I get it. Uh, that's the best joke of the night for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even a joke. It's legit. Like if yeah. you are, you you are the problem. Yeah. So this wild conspiracy shit goes on for months. Just rumors and weird coincidences. Something about the registrar of the bookstore that she went to. If you put their address in Google, it comes up British Columbia and she's from there. So everybody's like, ah, that's weird. It's like, is it though? I don't know. This It's just every weird coincidence leads to another one where people are like, look at this YouTube video. This guy killed her. And it's like, why? And they're like, well, because he has blood on his face. It's like cool no yeah it's a 700 room hotel like he no yeah he's just he just he was just one of those people who likes going to the places where people were murdered yeah you know who like are like yes. super fascinated with death and all of that yep so every weird coincidence leads to another there are thousands of youtube videos and podcasts and documentaries made on this mysterious case but five months after her death in June, her autopsy results are released, and her cause of death was determined to be accidental drowning, with bipolar being a contributing factor. Well, sounds like they nailed it. Yeah, but apparently you and Ella are the only people in the world satisfied with this answer, because the internet is not satisfied. I mean, I've watched that documentary on Netflix and stuff, and watching it goes, yeah, hmm, this it is weird. It is, especially if you watch the videos and you kind of go through the whole thing. It is bizarre. Right. But people with mental health issues have bizarre behavior. I was going to say, it. I don't know, like if you would have seen the buttons be pressed with her not, and, like that's bizarre to me. If like some, you know, all of a sudden the whole buttons lit up, but nobody was standing near it. This is just sounds sad, like needing help sad and thinking that she what she's doing is reality sad. Speaking of the buttons, I, w I did want to say something, though, because they pretty much proved that that bottom button on the middle row that she pushed was the door hold button, which is why the door wasn't shutting, by the way. So that like yeah. takes that mystery right out for me. It's like, yeah, that's it. That's done with that mystery. Yeah, there it is. This is a hundred year. This is almost a hundred year old hotel. You press more than one button at a time. I'm sure that shit starts to glitch. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> surprised it didn't catch on fire. Yeah. I really think this case specifically is very interesting to go down all these rabbit holes. I totally agree. And I've caught myself doing it a lot, which is why it's taken us over two years on this podcast to do this case, because I am the type of person that will go down all these rabbit holes. But I will say that if you take this case and you take her out of the Cecil Hotel and you put her in like a Holiday Inn in Fullerton, we never hear about this. Yeah. Like a lot of the mystery around this case is the Cecil Hotel. Oh, it's the rep it, it feeds the reputation. Yeah. Which I'm sure now feeds a lot of their revenue to be quite like as awful as that sounds 
Yeah. Well, the good news is the Hotel Cecil and the Don't Stay on Main was permanently closed in 2017. That's a good joke too, Erica. <laughs> you like that, huh? I did. You slipped it right in. Yeah. What so, finally made it close? Like, what finally did it in? Well, I think enough millionaires poorly invested in this that like it was built they spent too much money on it it turned into a crack motel and then over the years people tried to renovate it make it better it always just stayed a shit place because of where it is yeah the people who bought it in 2007 they tried to renovate it and do the don't stay on main thing but that didn't work it ended up with elisa lamb dying and that was even worse press so they shut it down in 2017 to do a hundred million dollar renovation on it and it was supposed to reopen in 2021 but they changed something changed along the way and now it's managed by the skid row housing trust and it's used as section 8 housing it is when did that happen it, it, i mean it's always been so at least now it has the title right well and now it's this sounds really bad but instead of getting like 14 bucks a night from richard ramirez to like wash the blood off of him they're getting money from the government for people to live here and still like yeah, families and stuff, like actually yeah, helping people. no, there's no families living here. It's still oh. not great, but they're getting subsidies from the government. Like, it's like $1,200 a month to stay there if you qualify, but they're at least getting the revenue to be able to, like, fix things and clean things and... And get 700 people off the street. Yeah, so I really feel like that was probably the best move. Like, this is never going to be, like, no matter how many hundreds of millions of dollars you dump into this place, it's never going to be the Ritz-Carlton. It's got two bad of a reputation it, and all these long-term residents that they're not allowed to kick out. They're not allowed to get they spent $26 million they bought this property and the city said you can't evict these people. You just when can't. you said that I, I was like what a loophole on the city's behalf and whoever didn't check that in the fucking contract on the $26 million Fired part immediately. Stoned. Flogged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have killed somebody. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I would have burned the place down. I would have just been like, fuck it, burn it down. I'm surprised they didn't, honestly. Well, I'm glad they didn't, though, because it's a beautiful hotel, like, from the outside. Oh, it is I saw a picture. The art, it's, it's like prime Los Angeles, like Art Deco, just, yeah. just what you, when you think of LA, what you think of yeah. is this hotel. Definitely noir, right? Yeah. yeah. Is, that what, is that called? Noir? I'll buy it. All right. So, <laughs> no, but it is beautiful. And the entry, like, the lobby is, is gorgeous. Yeah. So it's like, I, I'm glad they didn't tear it down. But yeah, now it's affordable housing. So you can't stay there anymore, which is probably a good thing because after all this stuff came out about Elisa Lam and then all these documentaries and the YouTube crazies, it ended up being like people would go stay there just to see how haunted it was and just to see how gross it was. And so it's like it ended up being kind of a weird. That's like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of weird about the murder tourism, although I'm guilty of it. It's like I'm still kind of weird about it. I don't like it. I just, I, I, I feel it borders on, I mean, to bring it full circle, it borders on like going down to see the Titanic. It goes into like going into the, the tombs of the pyramids. Like you just, there's certain graves you don't yeah. visit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I get it. I get it. But I also get the fascination. Like I'm totally. No, totally. I'm totally that guy. Like when I'm in Westfield, New Jersey, I'm going to go to the John List house. You know, it's just like how it's going to be. It's kind of what I was thinking too. Like. I specifically went to drive past the Cesar Hotel so I could see it. Yeah. Yeah. How far is that from you, Grant? You're like far enough away from that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm far enough away. Downtown okay. LA is probably like 
45 minutes or so from me. Okay. I'm never there, but I happened to be coming through there for something and I was like, oh, I'm just going to get off here and check it out. So you're like, I'm never there. It's like, who is? Is anybody ever in downtown LA? Yeah, lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> Many people. Yeah, on Skid Row. Well, and tourists. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's a booming place. Uh, the, the, what is that walk called? The Star Walk? That's all down there. Grauman's, Pantages. Yep. Yeah, but that's not in Skid Row. That's in a little, True, little but, better yeah, part. Yeah, but it is down, uh, downtown LA is, I mean, yeah, it's nice. Skid Row is in downtown LA. It's all kind of together, but you're right. It is more connected contained to a different area. Yeah, Skid Row is like 4.13 square miles. I just read it. Wow, bigger than I thought. Yeah, it used to be like two blocks, by the way. Yeah, it used to be like the fashion district or something like that yeah. in LA, but now it's obviously huge. That's what I was thinking of when she was describing it too. I remember the fashion district and that place was always bumping. Yeah, remember? Weren't you with me, Ella, when I bought my wedding dress there? Mm, I don't my, think so. My first wedding dress, not my second one. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I did get a I did get I a bridesmaid dress me. there. I thought it was you and my mom. Ella, were you in both weddings? No. She was at both weddings. Oh, you were just in Yeah. I was lucky. at both weddings. I didn't have anybody in my first wedding. Well, my sister. I wouldn't know. I wasn't invited. My sister was my maid of honor, but that was I we didn't have like bridesmaids and groomsmen. But yeah, Ella was at both weddings. Because we're friends. Oh, I see. <laughs> Why didn't you come to my first one, Grant? I was not invited. I know. I'm joking. I was joking. I know why you weren't there. Oh, I'm still I'm still buttered about it. That's why I didn't take you to Nashville. Well, it wasn't real anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, I knew at the time. I was like, well, at my second one, I'll invite Grant. You would be in that second one. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, we should wrap this up because we're just going to end up just talking shit on LA for the rest of the day. So I know how I wanna how we should take this out. Uh oh. What do you call when a crow sits next to a second crow? Oh, we're doing jokes. An attempted murder. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good for this. That's how we end it. Do it one more time. What do you call when a crow sits next to another crow? An attempted murder. <laughs> I don't get it. Because a group of crows that is called a murder of crows, Ella. 100%. Oh. I really thought, I honestly, I was worried that Erica wouldn't get it and Ella would be right on it. So I, I'm proven wrong. No, I'm not a bird enthusiast. Sorry. It's common knowledge. Here's why that's not funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is funny. That's no. why it is funny. It's no, an it's attempted not. murder. <laughs> we're attempting to make a murder. Not funny. It's Because I don't it think... No, here's why, though, because I don't think enough people know that a bunch of, of crows yes, is called yes, a murder. Do. I don't think so. Ella didn't know. Well, that's on her. No, that's a thing people know. I don't know. I don't know if people know that. Well, if you know that a murder of crows is a group of crows, go to our Instagram at From Crime to Crime and leave a comment that you know what it is. So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us again this week, Ella. Thank you for having me. Anytime. All right. I love you guys. Love you. Have a good night. Love you. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been a production of Orange Halo Media, LLC, hosted by Grant and Erica. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. To chat with us, go to From Crime to Crime on Instagram, From Crime to Crime on TikTok, From Crime the Number 2 Crime on Twitter, or you can visit our website at FromCrime2Crime.com. See you next Wednesday.